0: Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, one chapter at a time. And today, we're making a little bit of a deviation from Isaiah. You know, I just, I had enough of all those oracles of gloom and doom. You know, I wanted a psalm. And so here we go. We're in Psalms. We're looking at Psalm chapter 27, And, uh, of course, you still have some of this sort of military imagery, right? You know, we've been tracking in Isaiah the stuff with the Assyrians and the Babylonians. And so you're going to see a little bit of this idea, you know, army encamping against me. Um, But this is such a nice psalm because it's just looking at how God is our hope and salvation. And as much as Isaiah has been condemning, um, whether it's, you know, Tyre and Sidon or the people of Judah and Israel for trusting and, in health and trusting in alliances with foreign powers. Here you've got the words of David here, trusting in Yahweh. So good good thing here today to be looking at this psalm and joining us. We've got one of our, our regulars, especially for the Psalms. We've got Pastor Nathan Metter, pastor of St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Welcome brother. Good to have you back looking at another psalm today.
1: It is good to be back. I'm kind of liking these getting this regular psalm assignment. You know, it's you know because yeah. it's it's kind of like that it's kind of like that, you know, it's a feast and yet it you know I don't have to you know in a way because it's it's meditating like on a hymn. It's not like I have to be overly concerned with uh, the context, you know, having to go back three or four chapters and <laughs> and maybe run the risk of contradicting somebody who's smarter than me coming up with an idea, you
0: know, Cause
1: <laughs> having one of these standalone having one of these standalone feasts that is, especially this poetry that David writes, you know, is, right. is just it's just refreshing to get in and, and yeah. I think there's 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 something about that, you know, there, there's one of the there's one of the great things of um, the Psalms can be a real wonderful tool. To begin that devotional habit, you yeah. know, if you're if you're looking at, if you're you know, this is not maybe not necessarily for a brand new baby Christian, but mm. if you're looking for somebody who's kind of gotten out of the devotional habit, I think the Psalms are a wonderful place, you know, uh, where, or or to to set aside to to get in that discipline. Of making sure you're meditating on God's word on a regular basis, where you could do one in the morning and one in the afternoon, one in the afternoon lunch and one in the evening, kind of, you know, kind of like a, a you know, your your spiritual maintenance medicines, you know, where you, yeah. you, know and and you just get that 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 little snippet it takes a minute to, even if you're mm-hmm. a slow reader, but but you can you know you, you can pick it up, chew on it, pray through it, and then head about your day. What a, what a wonderful yeah. little what a wonderful little devotional uh gold mine the psalms
0: can yeah. be. Oh, yeah, and no, absolutely. You imprec- and it,
1: until you get to the imprecatory Psalms, and then, then they just
0: eat. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's the imprecatory Psalms, right? Yeah, I know, yeah, then then you'd be eating your words if we gave you one of those, like, okay, let's time yeah. time to put this in a lot of context here. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, but yeah, no, it is it is refreshing to kind of look at one of these more perhaps straightforward Psalms and... You're not kind of looking up every other place name or a person name um, like you have in some mm-hmm. of those chapters of Isaiah, especially where you're like, "Now, hang on a second. Who is Shebna and like, where is Tarshish? No one knows where Tarshish is. You know, I mean, and so it's, now, it yeah, is like nice to... Why can not they
1: just be named Sam
0: and Joe and Bob? <laughs> it would have been
1: so much easier.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so it, is, it is, and I like what you're saying, too. I think that's really actually fantastic advice for everybody listening that... Yeah, you know, it, it is. It, it's such a beautiful and simple way. I mean, and that's kind of the, part of the beauty of it. Is it is just a simple way to to get into that good devotional habit or get back into that good devotional habit. It's just using the psalms. It's like here's a psalm. I'll read through it, right? Or if you want to, you know, make it a little bit more next level, you can try chanting them. Um, and that, that sounds, that sounds crazy. I know it's a, to some, it's like, what chanting? It's like, that's something I had to go to a monastery to do that or something, or I had to get like a monk license or something. no, no, no. It's just, it's really just kind of, you know, like just a couple, putting it on a top couple of, of notes. Your
1: head, the very top yeah. of your head needs to be shaved. There you go. Now ah. you get a tongue. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. But no, I and actually, um, in, I really like it that in the Lutheran service book and our, in our new hymnal, like it just has like even it written out just a couple different, um, chanting tones you can use. And it's just, mm-hmm. I found it to be really, you know, you're talking about doing it throughout the day. I found it to be a really nice way just to kind of like, you know, take a deep breath, like slow down, lower your heart rate a little bit, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, and just, and just kind of reflect on it. And, uh, it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. Mhm. Well, so let's go ahead and dive into this Psalm 27. It's a psalm of David, and as we get started, would you say a prayer for us and for everybody listening?
1: Absolutely. Oh Lord, you are indeed the stronghold of our life. You are the one of whom we are not afraid. Grant us your grace so that we may dwell in your presence all the days of our lives. We pray that you would teach us your way, O oh Lord. Don't give us up to to false doctrine, false teaching, but, but breathe on us your spirit so that we may, by your grace, wait for you, be strong for you, and have our heart take courage. Because you are that one who is our light and our salvation in the person and work of that one who is the light of the world, our salvation, even Jesus Christ. Lead us to see him in these words today for his sake. Amen.
0: Amen. All right, well, let's take uh, a minute just to reflectively hear the whole psalm together in its entirety, and then we can go back and kind of verse by verse here look at the pieces. I mean, it's a relatively short psalm. It's 14 verses, and they're short verses. They're they're not, you know, one of these where, um, you know, it's like one verse kind of contains like, you know, three or four different uh, things in them sometimes even some of the verses are just a, a couple lines um, here so we can go over this short psalm and then start looking at the pieces so we're beginning here at the be- uh, verse one which is actually verse zero really in the english because that title is there in the hebrew text of david the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear All right. So, you know, this, Aww, it's a—it's an interesting, I know. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you, yeah. need, you need that at the end, or, or you can do the Gloria right. Patri at the end of it, right? That's like right. we have an LSB, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting psalm, though. It, it is short, but there's definitely like a few different parts to it. It's a little bit yeah. multifaceted. You've got, you know, the kinds of statements of confidence at the beginning, which are just kind of these general statements of, you know, this is how it kind of always is. Uh, and then we move into, well, now hang on in this one particular situation that I'm in the midst of, I'm expressing my confidence. And then that turns into actually just a direct like conversation between David and God um, between you know, what God says, what, what David says in reply, kind of echoing his words back to him. And then at the very end, it goes back to this kind of uh, it's addressing everybody listening. You know, right. just kind of uh, wait for the Lord. Everybody who's kind of eavesdropping on this uh, on this prayer here. So it, there's a lot of pieces here, and it's all just woven together.
1: Well, you know, it, it's it's what a wonderful model. Just just think about this wonderful model. Um, it, it, it's a, it's it's almost like it's living out part of the liturgical life. You know, we start with. We we start with the the identification. You know, if you if you look at it, because there's very good indication that this is likely this is likely set and used regularly in the liturgical setting at the, at the temple. Okay, mm-hmm. so there is a worship component to this, and and it's it's. Um, it's a very unique thing and i think that's part of the structure and i think that's part of what it does it it, it almost it, it almost it it's a it's a confession of faith it's a confession of who god is there's an in that first section is is almost invocation e you know it, it it has that invocation element to it and then you confess who mm-hmm. he is but then you then we lay out our, our we we lay out you know so god gifts we lay out our concerns and, and we have the but then we return to this universal confidence that God is God is gonna do what he's done. You know, he's gonna continue to do what he's always done. And, you know and and that's the beautiful way. You know, you think about teaching me your way, O oh Lord, you know, this is not this goes back to this, this, this that Hebraic idea of of past and 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 future. You see it's mm-hmm. and how it's different than us you know, we think the future is ahead of us and right. the past is behind us. Well, our, our Hebrew friends are just the opposite. And in fact, the, you know, their their approach actually is far more logical than ours, you know, because we, we're so fixated on what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, but the problem is, ain't any one of us who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, uh, you yeah. know I, I have a I have a very dear friend who's the chief meteorologist on Channel 12 in Milwaukee, and I, ha- I harass him all the time. I said, You are a futurist who gets paid even <laughs> though you're wrong. You know, the guy's wrong. 80, he's predicting the weather, 80, and he's wrong 80%. No, he's not. He's actually very good, but I, I, I tease him. Um, but the reality is, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but yeah. we know what happened yesterday. You know, and mm-hmm. and whether I like it or not, I know what happened yesterday. And so we find this great confidence, and this is the beauty of of how this this plays out. How do I know the Lord is the stronghold of my life? Uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation, because He's shown that He already is.
0: So right he, he's, in the in the past, right. It.
1: Right. He, mm-hmm. I, 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 the, it, what's right in front of me, as, as a, what's right in front of the good Israelite, and what's right in front of me as a child of God today, is the fact that God has and always has been that God who says what he does and does what he says. So yeah. that confidence in the fact that I have this God who is going to be that faithful, that when I'm in the midst of these things, you know, when I'm in the midst of these challenges, I look to him because his mighty hand and his outstretched arm is going to be at work for me even though right. i may not always like the way he does it
0: yeah yeah that, that that's a good reflection and um i mean yeah and it, it's helpful to kind of remind ourselves that you know this is poetry and in this poetry even sometimes if we're not even using uh, these particular metaphors those kinds of metaphors of you know for instance like where is the fruit the future or the past is it in front of you or is it behind you they're kind of like in the wings sometimes and they're kind of part of the the broader like poetic um, landscape even if it's not explicitly there so yeah it, it's helpful to kind of take stock of some of those things and to remind ourselves of those things i wouldn't necessarily say it's way more logical i mean there is a logic to both metaphors right because like in oh yeah in our in our because of course in, in our metaphor with the future being before us the idea is the direction of walking right it's like where you're yep, going yep. there's no right. there's no going back to the past right mm-hmm. i mean what's mm-hmm. done is done right right so i mean so there there's the logic in that but then from the hebrew perspective it's like you said it's what you can see right Right. so what what's 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 kind of interesting then right is it's sort of like it's sort of like one metaphor works for somebody who's on the move and one metaphor kind of works better for somebody who's stationary like on a watchtower right yeah Um, and and you see that and you see that image in hebrew poetry um and in as we've seen even in isaiah and habakkuk um, in places in the prophets. So it, it's sort of interesting how all these metaphors kind of like tie into each other then, you know, because it's like, you know, how often do we think to ourselves like we're up in a a watchtower kind of, you know, looking at, at the scene landscape before us in our context, not so much. Right. But we do find ourselves moving all the time.
1: <laughs> well, you know, so, here, here's the amazing thing. It all ties together in such a way that you would think one there is one single solitary author of all of it. <gasps> Oh, wait.
0: Yes, he is. It's God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, absolutely. So, so it all it all ties together, ultimately, uh, because there yeah. is that one author behind all the different human perspectives, and part of the beauty of it is that there are so many human perspectives that can be all tied together and, and found and, and made complete and whole in Christ. And, and I think you already set up well for us the first part of it here, this perspective. It's a, it's a dual perspective, even in verse 1. On the one hand, God is light and salvation, you know, light, uh, you know, teaching. I think you you referenced like the phrase, like, teach me your paths, right? right. Um, the right. idea of God is a guide, right, when you're on the move. On the other hand, it says he's the stronghold of my life. He is that which protects you when you're, you know, bunker down and you're staying put. So, I mean, we were just kind of mentioning those kind of different sets of metaphors for the, there's the movement metaphors and there's the staying still metaphors. And kind of regardless of whether you're in one place or you're on the go, God is this uh, source of life and guidance right. and protection in either situation all the time.
1: Exactly. He he is, you know, and, and you think about that, you know, if God were only a located God, the stronghold kind of God. Yeah. Then he's no different than, than Dagon or Molech, because the other ancient civilizations around them, they they were thought of as a regional god or a or right. a locate or they were only the god in that spot in Philistia or in right. uh, Moab or whatever. But he's not. He's the god who moves a pagan from Ur of the Chaldees to to Palestine mm-hmm. to, to the Canaan right. to Egypt, back to Canaan, and mm-hmm. as we're talking in Isaiah off. Off to Babylon and back. Yeah, you know. Right. So he he is both this this God who is located where I am in the midst of my challenges, but he's also leading me somewhere.
0: Right. Yeah. And the the other the other side of that too. Um, it, you know, I I appreciate too like the reference just to kind of how you can think of like a goddess like kind of one or the other especially in the ancient world you know and like how often is that right you have like a god for this thing and that thing but this is the god that's for all of the situations and this, and this ties into like your earlier comment about um you know just having these psalms throughout the day meditating you know in the morning in the afternoon in the evening that reminds me of of what it says like in the um, oh gosh! Now I think this is in this is in the Pentateuch. I want to say it's in Deuteronomy, but you know that scripture where it says, you know, um, that to, to meditate on the word of the Lord, you know, in your um, when you're on the road, when you're that's, uh, that's sitting down. That's Deuteronomy. That's
1: right. That's right around the Shema. That's right yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. You know, that's right in connection with Deuteronomy six four. You know, Hero O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's their 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 creed. And then, hey, as a result of this. This is so. This is such a big deal. You need to be. You need to be teaching this to your kids, so that you teach it as you go. You teach it as you sit. You, you lie down. You get up. You you tie it to your foreheads and your and your and your wrists. Um and and that's when the you know the the the, the Talmud and that that's why that's why they have phylacteries and tassels and all that kind of stuff right. in the, in the, but but the whole point is this is an all encompassing journey. Exactly. Like God's word God's word is you know you know think about this he's the light and he's the life he's Mm going to get you know he he is the source and the sustenance of it and and so so he's not just that defender he's also the God who goes on offense right uh, yeah
0: well no that that's that's uh yeah 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 you know you think about that like uh I think of you know for instance um in in the hymn like right, luther's hymn you know uh, a mighty fortress you know he's called both a mighty fortress but also a trusty shield and weapon right so it's right it, it's both you know the the stronghold and the fortress that's keeping you safe um while you're still and trying to wait out the siege but also when you're going out onto the battlefield and you're moving you know with the army you know again right. it's that 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 both aspects of it right right yeah so, so we start as,
1: off as, as the tainted Doctor Nagel would say. He is that everything yes. and more kind of God.
0: Yes. Yes. Ex- exactly, exactly. exactly. I can't. It, do the accent
1: right, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, I,
0: I, I know. I know. I know. I, I can. I can hear just like every what seems like half of the faculty's impressions of him, though. Just he had such a distinctive way of speaking, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but I. But actually, I, I found that that bit in Deuteronomy. Uh, it, yeah, Deuteronomy chapter six. Uh, it says there. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall walk. you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall buy them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, right? And so it's just that that all encompassing everything and even more kind of God, like you're just yeah. saying exactly. Yep. So 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 we have this perspective, right? This this wide perspective of God in, in verse 1. And now we're kind of narrowing it down a little bit. Um, when evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Uh, now we're kind of talking about um, kind of more explicitly this in terms of like a military or a conflict kind of situation. But isn't it, isn't it interesting that it, it kind of mirrors what we what we just saw in verse one, that if the thought was, you know, God's my light when I'm on the go, and he's my stronghold when I'm in one place, then in verse two, there's the poetic pattern. um, You know, when I'm in that one place, he's my stronghold against the evildoers assailing me. And when my enemies are on the go, they stumble and fall, because they're in darkness, right? It just kind of perfectly mirrors verse one. Mm hmm. Mm
1: hmm. You know, it gives you know almost almost it's like a, it, it you know it, to to use a a, a a reformed worship term it's a call and response or it's preaching and application whatever, but you see and and it's exactly again this whole idea of past how can David say this? It's because he's lived it, he's lived this under God's direction, you know that they the, you know he's been pursued by evildoers, and. Uh, those who those who rail against him he's had those who 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 were nipping at his heels and in the end you know whether it's you know whether it's Saul falling on the sword or Absalom ended up caught in a tree or whatever it's the ones who sought him out in his destruction and demise they're the ones who actually ended up dead Uh, and David is still here to sing God's praises
0: Right. Well, t- time and time again, and perhaps that's why he kind of echoes verse two, then in verse three, when he says, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. I mean, that's kind of like the same thing as, you know, when evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh and then the war arise against me. Right. That's kind of the same idea of, you know, those enemies on the move in the second half of verse two. So he kind of echoes this. And I think it's, you're just, you're exactly right. It's because God has done it, not just even once, but just time and again, that's why it says there at the end, you know, yet I will be confident. Um, I mean, because when, when God just repeatedly gives you his His grace and salvation, I mean, he's the one who makes you confident. He's the one who builds up that faith and that trust in you because he is steadfast. I mean, that's the only reason why anyone can have faith is because God's grace is just constantly poured out on us.
1: Correct. You know, he is the one who, is, who proves he proves himself faithful. Right. He doesn't put on he doesn't put on a show for us. He proves himself faithful. You know because you know what does he do when God swears he swears by himself. You know when God makes a promise he's promising of himself, and and that's that beautiful thing. You know again I, I use this with my confirmands all the time. Remember we have this God who says what he does and does what he says, and, and that's that's a that's a huge thing. You know, right. and, and our confidence is in the completed work, even if I don't see the end of it.
0: Yeah, no, and that is interesting. You talk about um, you talk about metaphors. I think we were talking about it. Um, it I mean, it was it, it wasn't that long ago in in Isaiah when we were talking about the just all the different ways that Isaiah talks about fear. Um, um, and uh, actually, oh, and I remember. Yeah, it was actually when I was on sharper iron not too long ago. I was talking with uh, Pastor Tim Apple, and we're talking about fear, um, talking about that response to when God's people saw the shining face of Moses, right? We're talking about that fear is really the way that we talk about, in the Old Testament, our own faith. When we talk about our belief in God and how we relate to God, it's kind of talking about the fear of the Lord. Um, And the word faith doesn't really show up that much, except for in connection to God himself. God, it says, is, is the one who is uh, who has faith, in the sense of right. he's the one who is faithful. He is the one who is steadfast, right? And, and in fact, like the word for, for faith is kind of a, the same word as, as truth, and it's just as you were saying, because God proves himself again and again. So there's there's something that, that's interesting about that, right? Like it's it's kind of two different perspectives. You can kind of look at faith as the thing that he creates, Um or the thing that he just kind of is, but either way, it's kind of grounded in the constancy of God.
1: Right. Yep. That, that's exact. You know, his constant presence, his constant faithful work. You know, and and, and, and it's, so therefore, you know, you know, in a way, you know, that's where faith always has that object, and it's it's right. outside of us.
0: Exactly. All right, well, let's, let's pause there, and we'll pick up in verse 4 when we get back. But let's go into this short break here. Everybody hang with us. We're looking at Psalm 27 here on Thy Strong Word, and we'll be right back. When communism fell in the former Soviet Union... It was an exciting time to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people who had long been denied the faith. This is Rev. Robert Ron, founder of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. It's been 25 years since LHF began translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith for the people of Russia. With your help, LHF continues our work of introducing new believers to the Savior in nearly 90 countries. Visit lhfmissions.org to learn more. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Psalm 27 here, and we're joined by Pastor Nathan Metter, pastor of St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. And we just finished looking at verse, what was it, three here. So we actually, we need to pick it up at verse four. We've talked about this, how, you know, the first three verses are just stating this, this confidence in God, not that David is just so brave or, or so trusting but that God is so constant, um, and he's constant, whether it's when David's on the move, or when David is is still and in hiding, God is always there, he's everything and more. And so because of then this confidence which God creates, this faith that God himself creates, now what does faith do? It asks, it prays, right? That's what Luther says, that what it, what is prayer? It's asking God for something. So So then we get this in verse 4 one thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now, now this is really, um, this is yet another kind of, you know, narrowing things down, right? You know, verse one is kind of very broad. Verse two and three is like, okay, we're talking about war. And now four, it's very focused on the temple in particular, right, whether it's referred to as the temple or the house of the Lord.
1: Right, right, so focus on it. You know, and, and here is where, understand, for David and for every good Israelite, that the, the temple is the locatedness of God, and this is where heaven and earth intersect. You know, heaven and earth, he, you know, the, you see them as like two spheres, and, and that point in which they, they 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 come in contact with with each other, is is at the temple at the mercy seat, you know. So you know. So his hope, his confidence. Is not based in some uh, this, some nebulous philosophical uh, exercise. There's this divine being out here who's always get, but but he's he's also that God who has located himself in a place where I can go find him, where he is going to be what he's prom- where 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 he promises to be where he promises to be, and to do what he promises to do for me, and, and, and to, so I can go to that place to be in his presence, um, because I need that. You know, this is all this other stuff that's going on, all this other stuff is going that, that goes on, these, these, these are these enemies who are outside of me, and this is this consternation inside of me, but the, the one sure focal point is that place where God promises to meet me as my Lord
0: right and, and and because again, because of the constancy of God's presence there it it isn't just giving up on the the moving side of things, right like we were talking about right. like the first part of the psalm it talks about you know God on the move. This seems like it's talking about well God very much in one place but that it comes kind of back around in this in this other sense because uh, I'm, I remember, We were uh, looking at Psalm 42 not too long ago, and and there it's uh, one of these Psalms, not of David, but the sons of of, uh, Korah. And there it said in in Psalm 42, verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. And so you get this. And you get this also, right? With the Psalms of uh, Sent at the end of the Psalter, the the right. temple is not just a, it's not all about just a f- like like fixity, but it's there's right. there's movement. You walk up those stairs, right? There's a there's a pilgrimage event. The people of Israel, like you were, you were mentioning, if you're if you were a faithful Israelite, there were at least four times during the year when you would go from wherever you happened to be. Um, to this one specific place, right? So the fact that it's right. actually in Jerusalem and not just everywhere means correct we we got to be on the move. We have to go, and and so there there's actually this um this movement idea kind of like built into that, and this image of th- this light shining from this place um into all these other places. So so actually both the things tie together with the temple idea.
1: Right. Well, you know, and and that's one of those situations where. You know, sometimes the the hair on the back of my neck stands up and I I bristle when I see some of these Facebook memes that say, Don't go to church, be the church. And, you know, it really frosts me a little Mm. bit because going to that locatedness and then going forth from that locatedness and being who God has made us to be, they are part and parcel to one another. These right. are not mutually exclusive things, so you're right. There is there is this continual ascent. You know, at the, the, the we we are going up to the house of the Lord, as God is, has 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 commanded us to. Why? So that we can so that we can deliver what He's given us, what He's what He's commanded us to give Him, but so that He then can also send us forth. To do what he's given us to do, because, you know, this is where you start getting back into the the bailiwick of my uh, uh, of my my formal education You know, in the area of Christian stewardship. You know, we were created to be stewards. OK, right. But we understand in our weekly stewardship of God, all of God's good gift for the sake of his kingdom, we screw up. And 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 right. so we we are brought back to the house of the Lord, not because God needs us there, but because we need to be there. So that right. We yeah. Are, and, so that sins are forgiven, we are restored and resent to continue to do what God's given us to do.
0: Right. Yeah. And of course, um, you know, I, I the, the common metaphor is the kind of idea of like recharging your batteries, right? And I think that you know, in, in twenty nineteen, when it seems like everything has a battery in it, you know, your toothbrush has a battery in it, right? Like. <laughs> you know it's like yeah. a reality that like my three-year-old has mastered right when something stops working, she says like, oh, we have to recharge the batteries. you know it's like, yes, <laughs> you have you exactly. have you have learned this well. Um, you know yeah. there's this idea of if you're gonna be going and moving and doing all this stuff, like you gotta go back to base. Um, you know that's the only thing that's that's driving you. You're not going on your own steam. Something else is powering oh. you careful
1: you're going to get awful you're going to get awful close to that concept of sabbath rest
0: <laughs> right
1: but this is you know let me get my tongue out of my cheek but there, right. you know this is one of the things you know i saw one, one picture the other day one of my pastor friends you know uh, had had an image of three candles this is what i this is what i'm supposed to do candle burning at one end this is what i'm not supposed to do candle burning at both ends uh, <laughs> this is where i really am candle burning like at 17 different spots you know, and and this is what we do, and, and we understand this is, um, to quote uh, one of my favorite authors, Eugene Peterson, you know, one of the great sins, I think, he says, one of the great sins of pastors, and I would think by extension, one of the great sins of of Christians in general, is that we we don't find that time. We are so busy that we don't find that time to Psalm uh, Psalm forty six, be still and know that He is God.
0: Yeah. You know, because we, we run
1: around thinking that we're in control of time.
0: Yeah, well, I was gonna say, like, isn't it ironic though, too? Because when we're like so busy and we're just like frenetic with all this movement, it's in those moments that we're stuck, right? Like we're like a we're like a wheel just spinning and spinning, but stuck in the mud, and we're not actually going anywhere. Correct. We're 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 Correct. busy but we're not actually productive, right? And and that's what happens when you burn the candle at both ends. You try to to cheat reality (laughs) and and say like, oh, I'm going to squeeze 25 or 26 hours out of this day. But like when you neglect rest and especially rest in God, you're not getting anywhere. You're just wildly flailing around, but it's not actually productive. You you have to have that rest in God all that movement to be worth anything to be going in the right direction you know and uh, to kind of throw in another author besides uh, Eugene Peterson right like uh, C.S. Lewis was big on the metaphor of like it doesn't really matter if you if you think you're like making lots of progress because you're making lots of progress and you're going down the wrong way <laughs> mm-hmm. you're, you're not actually moving forward you're gonna have to go even further back before you can make any progress
1: correct yeah kind of like I like my when when I when I when I try to insist to my wife that I'm not lost. I'm just momentary. Right <laughs> <and fast.
0: laughs> right. 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 So so yeah, so we, we have um like all this all this movement actually in in this idea of, of the temple and it really complements what we've seen in the first three verses. Um and then in verse five it's just affirmed and the language and the language is not um it's not exactly explicitly in the terms of kind of like recharging or like restoration, but it's more in terms of protection when it's connected to the temple. It says, uh, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. Um, So there's this idea of like protection, but I do think it's interesting that it does say the cover of his tent, because even though this is, this is way after the tabernacle, and it's definitely made of stone. This isn't this isn't any tent anymore. Uh, we still have this language of tent that pops up here, right? Mm-hmm. And even the prophets, it talks about you know the booth of David, right? Um, and this well, this remember tabernacle though, remember language.
1: David's writing this. David's writing this. Solomon hasn't built it yet. You know. Yes. So, so David at this point would still be thinking of tent. You know, it still would be tent for David. Because, That's true. You know. You know, it still would be tent for David, um, but later on, this is going to be used in the liturgy of Solomon's Temple, and and and, and yet, so they never lose that idea of you know, and then and, and of course, it, you know, it, it's it you know that whole that whole idea of of tentedness, you know, uh, this dwelling, you know, the, this. It's that, that, that place of dwelling, you know, and that's what Jesus, then eventually we're told, he's the word who becomes flesh and tents among us, makes his tabernacle among us. And right. and, and, and it is it is that protective nature. You know, he's that God who comes to a place to protect us. He's going to, you know, he, he is there because who's who's our enemy? Who's our enemy? It's death who's stalking us, and it's the accuser satan you know it's the accuser who's coming you know so so we have this psalm 46 this place of refuge this city of refuge that we can run to and we are protected in that situation uh, to make sure that that the avenger of blood can't come get me you know even though i deserve it at this point he can't come get me yet until i am rightly tried
0: Right, and I'm not right.
1: right, and then I'm right. Then I'm eventually rightly tried, and the conviction falls on Jesus.
0: Yeah, no, that that that's right. It's um, I mean, there's that's yeah, that's, the, that's the whole idea, right, of a, of a shelter in general, right? It's that you know, if there's going to be you know hail or rain or snow or even like a you know lightning strike, you know, it's the shelter that takes it, and not right. the people under it right i mean and that, and that's that's how it works it's not because it you know uh, emits a force field right it's it's because mm-hmm. it, it takes it for you but it's, something's got to take it still right um, exactly Yeah. exactly they i yeah, know the, somebody's going to
1: take the blows not me right it's the, the the tent takes the blows the shelter takes the blows and who is my shelter jesus you know, Jerusalem, right. Jerusalem. How I would have, how I long to gather you under, gather you in like a hen gun gathers her chicks under her wings. Why does the hen do that? To protect her babies. You know, and and, and you know, and that's exact. That's exactly this image. It's all over the scriptures of this God, who 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 comes among us to protect us.
0: Right, to protect us. Yeah. So so so. Exactly. So whether it's whether it's the tabernacle or it's the tent, the idea is that you know there it is up on Mount Zion, and it's it's not just a building; it's the presence of God that protects us from sin, death, and the devil—all all of our great enemies. Um, in, interesting, though, that I mean, with that tent language, it is just it, it is a reminder of that idea that that presence of God which is truly there in the temple. It's not a mere symbol, but right. uh, which is also symbolic, um, just shows it's 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 symbolic of how God's presence is going with us, even when we are on the move, even when we are um, moving around in wilderness wandering, even when we are in exile, right? And you're kind of talking about earlier the different sorts of situations we kind of find ourselves in, analogous to the experience of the old testament church you might say and uh yeah i mean it, it is um it is interesting to consider just the, the use of the word tent in terms of um i don't know it, it's it's sort of interesting how depending on how you kind of get into this, some of this stuff if if david saw at one point solomon's kind of initial um you know work of building the temple or um you know at what point this was take kind of taken over from david and this psalm was kind of used more corporately and so it was it was no longer a, a tent but it was a temple but right. kind of kind of regardless it's just showing that even when it was the temple like in the days of the prophets it was still thought of as as the tent kind of and so it's like mm-hmm. um or or you know like the way that we where we baptize people and we call it like an ark like with noah right. so it's like there's always this like idea that even if it seems like it's totally stationary like it's going with us though
1: mm-hmm. right you know, so again, you've got that locatedness, that, that. Oh, here we go. That moving locatedness, or that located yeah. movingness. You know, yeah. however you want to run it, however you run yeah. it, it's not either or. You know, here we are again. When we find, this is what makes this is this is what makes Lutherans so much fun to talk to. We love to answer yes and no. We, we love to answer either or questions mm-hmm. with yes. You know, are we a lo? Is God a located God? Yep. He's right there on the altar. He's right there in word and sacrament. Is he moving? Yes, he is. He's that God who goes with us and he's that shelter. He is is he either or? Yes, he is. And and what great confidence because he shows himself to be that over and over and over and over and over again.
0: Right. And and so as he does that, that's the reason. That's the reason why David is so confident. That's that's what creates David's faith. Um, that's why he says then in verse six, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. You know, probably there, you know, sacrifices of thanksgiving. Right. We know mm-hmm. from reading Numbers that not all the sacrifices um you know were were the sin offerings yeah like there always was a goat it seems like no matter what you did you're always going to bring a goat because there's always that acknowledgement of sin but there are also just oh, you know offerings oh I left offerings. my goat
1: in my other pocket you know <laughs> yeah. one of those things yeah, we, 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 yeah we, so oh, I left my offering envelope at home did i leave the goat at home yeah you know but uh, but uh... you know and it, and you think about this it's just both it, it, it's not only and, and this is what makes, this. Is, I think this is what makes the, 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 the cultist, the worship of the Old Testament, that unique. It is both an offering yeah. of sacrifice for sin and that offering of uh, sacrifice of thanksgiving. You know, right. now there's blood all over the place in all of them. Okay? <laughs> there's blood yes. all over the place in all of them, but it's, it's both remission of sins and expressions of thanksgiving.
0: Right. Right. And also with those, you know, with those different kinds of offerings, you know, it's uh, these I mean, they're really sacrifices of of generosity and and sharing that, you know, other people were going to be like eating and and feasting with you as you would eat the sacrifices. Right. Most of them weren't those whole burnt offerings. And so this is an image of of not just singing and making melody, but, you know, feasting before the Lord, celebrating, you know, and just uh, it's you know, it's uh, an interesting thing. I, you know, you you see it sometimes kind of brought up in the context of like, kind of like leadership and business and stuff like that. Like you got to celebrate things, right. Positive reinforcement. It's kind of like used into like a tool of like, you know, you got to do this to have a more, more productive work culture or more positive. And it's like, okay, there's something true about that, but like, you know, without, without necessarily going and taking it too far, um, we we should just acknowledge that it's a good and healthy and meat right and salutary thing that we should be celebrating with our brothers and sisters, right? Like it's absolutely it's it's not like you just go to God when everything's broken. Like you you thank yeah. God for all these good things.
1: Well, and the other thing too is it it's a communal celebration. It's not just a me and Jesus celebration.
0: No, that's right. You that's know, right. It,
1: you know there is that. You know again, where do I go? Where do I go? I'm going to up to the to the tent of the Lord. Guess what? Everybody else in Israel's going there too, mm-hmm. and and so yeah. so David's Thanksgiving is not just David's Thanksgiving; it's a communal Thanksgiving, and and there is there is a huge uh, part in that too. You know where we there is that sense of the community that's celebrating, and hence hence the communal meal that we call the Eucharist, Eucharisteo Thanksgiving, the Lord's table.
0: Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, and, well, and, and of course it. it, it I was going to say, it, ma- ab- it makes perfect sense abs- too. This is- I was going to say, it makes perfect sense too in the context of, you know, God being a stronghold against adversaries. Because obviously, when God is the stronghold against the adversaries of Judah and Israel, he's not just protecting David, <laughs> but if he's, pre- mm-hmm. if he's protecting David, he's protecting a lot of people in there. Right. And so it makes sense that they would all together celebrate together. And, uh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I wonder how, you know, we, we isolate ourselves and I think that we sometimes think of, I don't know, it's, it it just seems like the world begins to orbit just around just ourselves. And we think of like all the big problems as just our own personal problems. And we, and we focus on things very narrow, narrowly. And so it's like, you know, in a way we kind of make God small because he's just the guy who kind of bails us out of like our mishaps But, like, we're not thinking about God as the one who's saving the whole Christian church here and throughout the world, you know? And, And that really, if we were focusing on that broader work and how God saving me is a part of God saving all of us, like, we would perhaps be more encouraged to celebrate together communally.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, don't make your God too small. Don't make your Thanksgiving too small. It's big enough for the guy next to you, too.
0: Exactly. Um, and so also then, so, so on that note then, right. Um, when he is in verses, you know, seven and eight, and nine, um, you know, he, he isn't, or or 10 for that matter, right. In verse 10, that's really interesting. You know, he says, my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in, in, in these verses seven through 10. I, I don't think it's just a, it like a personal thing. Like, you know, David is saying like, just me personally, I feel like an orphan or something, and it's like I have this—I personally, individually have this problem. You know, if if God's hiding his face from the king, he's hiding his face from, from all of Israel. Um, right. You know, what, in, what, a very real, you, in a
1: very real way, I think you can— I, I wonder if, you, if you're seeing David in this situation. Yeah. David is speaking almost as a foreshadowing of Israel reduced to one.
0: Yeah. You know, the idea
1: of Jesus. You know, my mother and father forsake me. Not again, there's no biblical evidence that, that David's mom and dad ever bailed on him.
0: Exactly. Okay? Exactly. But there
1: is some evi- there is evidence that Jesus family thought he was nuts.
0: Um yeah.
1: you know, so, so you you know, you see so many times when David is writing, he's writing prophetically and he's putting you know, he's 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 putting in place words that could ultimately then apply to his greater son. And, and, you know, and, you know, this, this has some of that illusion, that Psalm 22 illusion, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, mm-hmm. and, and so, so he's not going but what he's saying is, don't do this. And he knows he's not going to because of everything he said before, you know. Right. Um, but, but think about, I want you to think about, let's, let's think about David for a second. Let's, let's apply this to David. Where does the bulk of David's problem come from? After he becomes king, he comes from his own family, right? You know, you think mm-hmm. of the absolute you, you think of the, the the intrigue with Absalom and things like that. His very own family creates some of his biggest problems,
0: right? Well, and that's not unlike Israel in general. I mean, like the man who right. first bore the name Israel, right? I mean, just think of Jacob, oh. like all the problems that he ran into with. You know, he and his mother trying to, like, get the blessing on his for own. him. Exactly. And, and, you know, his father not wanting to give him the blessing, but to his brother. Then his brother trying to kill him. And, I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, it seems like it's just in the family history of Israel here that, you know, family, in a, in a, broadly speaking, you know, forsakes us at times. Not because even family is so bad, but because we kind of antagonize them into forsaking us. Um and, and ultimately in the end it's it's God who was revealed as our true father. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like we're running out of time already, but I wanted to just to look at maybe one one last thing here, um, particularly focusing here on the last couple of verses, you know verses thirteen sure. and 14. Um, especially verse 14 because that that stood out to me because the it's it's almost a perfect parallel. For something that you get elsewhere in the Psalter, particularly, I believe it's Psalm uh, thirty-one. That in like in in verse fourteen here, it's you know, wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. But then in Psalm thirty-one, at the end of it, you've got. I mean, it's it's so similar. uh, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all of you who wait for the Lord. So, like almost uh almost the same. And what's what's interesting. Is that in Psalm thirty one? It's plural. It's like all you who wait to the Lord, wait for the Lord, right? But here, actually, this part, wait for the Lord. Here, it's it's singular. It, it's actually this, you know, just you. I'm talking just to one person. And uh, like my my take on it, anyway, is it, it feels like he's kind of yep. talking perhaps to himself. But again, but if he's talking to himself, representing the whole people. It's it's actually kind of the same idea. So I don't know, just we have like yeah. thirty seconds here, but just your, your thoughts well, on this last. Again, verse. I
1: think remember you know the David represented the kingdom. When what happened to David happened to the what happened to the David what happens to David happens to his subjects. And again, I think there is this this tie, this idea that Israel is represented in one, which then sets up the time that. You know, so you have, which points us to what Israel were being reduced to one in Jesus. You know, I really think that there's a lot of this, you know, being strong, take courage. Think of, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, how can, how can Jesus willingly go to the cross? Because he knows dad's going to do what dad does. Right. He, you know, and you know, he, he knows what's happening. We're going to wait three days and you're going to get that great ta-da on Easter Sunday morning. He, and then that night he's going to show his hands in his side. It's me. I've won. I you know, I've
0: Amen. delivered. Amen. Amen. Yep. Hey, well brother, thank you thank you so much. I really appreciate the insight that you're giving us kind of kind of connecting all the different metaphors going on in this poetry, seeing how they all tie together so well. We're on a good roll with the Psalms though. I think if you're on next month, I think you'll actually be given an Isaiah text. So I oh, a little boy. bit of a different—I know, I know, changing it up throwing a little
1: bit. Throw me curveballs again. I'm going to start <laughs> uh, you're gonna start throwing me curveballs. I'm going to look as inept as the Cardinals' offense did against Washington.
0: Oh, no, oh, no! let's not even talk about that. But um, <laughs> I came into uh, my no. office today, and my Brewer
1: fan staff had brooms oh, no. sitting in front of my office. Oh, door. dear.
0: Oh, yeah. oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> well, I, I hope I hope uh, that 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 sting wears off a little bit. Looking forward to having you on again real soon, brother. Thank you so much.
1: Take care. Lord bless.
0: God's blessings. Everybody, that's Pastor Nathan Metter, pastor of St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Thanks for tuning in today. We thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Check them out. lhfmissions.org. Until next time, everybody, peace.
1: You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org.
0: Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.